Okay, say something. Defense minister is a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> and just like that, we are recording. Okay. All right. So today is Saturday, November 17th, 2018, and this is Weekend Update. What's going on, Ryan? Uh, not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. I um, A lot going on in the world, um, but for me personally, you know, it's just getting ready for Christmas. Picked up a couple Christmas gifts off the list this week. That's good. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the small wins, you know? It is. It's the small wins. Um, so, the, uh, did I did I miss anything in the news, or uh, or just a slow week, or what? Well, you know uh, that Stacey Abrams, uh, governor candidate from Georgia, who had uh, lost by like a hundred thousand votes or whatever. Oh, the one, the one you to say, yeah, yeah, she was like, "I'm. We're gonna have a do-over." Right. Yes. No do over. That's the uh, that's the update. Yeah. So yeah, she uh, she gave her speech today, but it wasn't a concession. She made sure of it. Like she said, this is not a concession. Uh, but the other guy wins, I lose. Oh, I see. Yeah, she said she said a concession means that like you believe it's like something right or true or something like that or whatever. Who cares? <laughs> like so... it's just like you know. So, so she is actually stepping down then. Yeah, she, ah. she's she's admitted to losing the election, although she refuses to concede. I guess, <laughs> I guess she thinks this election thing kind of works similar to, um, you know, if you go to a court and you could um, plead no contest, where it's like I'm not pleading guilty, but I'm not going to like fight the charges. You can just sentence me. Right. Yeah. I think that's what she, she's pleading no contest in this election. <laughs> I guess. I guess. I don't know. Oh, okay. but just remember, Hillary didn't concede for a long time. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. In 2016, after Trump won, like it's kind of like, you know, tradition that in the early morning hours you give your concession speech by congratulating the person who won, and like you give a speech about you know how, uh, okay, we had this big fight, now we all get together, and you yeah. know we have to do what's best for the country. That yeah. kind of bullcrap. Yeah. Yeah, she didn't do that. I think she waited over a day or something, yeah, if I recall correctly, but whatever. <laughs> she was too drunk. Um, yeah. <laughs> the other, like, big story that for some reason is dominating the headlines, like every headline, every major news outlet that... Do you know who Jim Acosta is? No idea. Good, because who cares? Correct. Jim Acosta, yeah, Jim Acosta is just some CNN talking head okay right. and he's like the white house correspondent for cnn or something so he goes and he's like one of those dudes who like barks questions at the president you know like okay. blah 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 and um he got into some scuffle with uh i guess he was asking some questions or trump thought he was being rude or whatever and trump was like you know i'm done talking to you whatever <laughs> i've watched this video and this happens all the time. Every president does that. Like they just say, "No, you're done." Like line of questioning over, and then uh, you're 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 expected to just shut up and sit down. And he picks someone else to ask questions. Right. Well, this guy's like, "I'm not going to give up," and he just keeps talking and talking. So this young woman, I would say around early twenties, she's like one of these uh, White House aides, and whose job it is to kind of like 
kind of like those kids who scuffle onto the tennis court to get uh, <laughs> tennis balls have bounced, yes. you know? Yes. Uh, she, like, scuffles onto the scene to, like, retrieve microphones and stuff. Okay, right. So she tries to grab the microphone this guy, and he, like, yanks it back from her, and he actually, like, pushes her away, like, not very hard, <laughs> but, like, he actually pushes her away, and, like, um, so she looks at the uh, the secret service, like, well, yeah. what do we do? Yeah. So he ends up, Trump revokes his, like, press pass or something. Okay. And so it became this big thing. Everyone's all arguing about whether or not he touched her or not. Every major late-night comedy host, which for some reason a lot of young people think are news agencies, like they get a lot of news from late night and stuff yeah, like that. for sure. I both said, oh, Jim Acosta didn't touch her, he didn't touch her, he didn't touch her. And um, it's clear that he, she does. She, mm-hmm. she clearly, yeah, she clearly touches them. And that whole thing is just, I'm sitting here, every news agency in the Western world is reporting about whether or not this guy touched her. And he barely touched her. You know, and I'm no fantasy in energy, McCoster. But the thing is, is who cares? It's a bunch of adults arguing over whether or not this guy, like, brushed this woman's arm away. Like, ooh, like, it's just like, who cares? Like, this is such a childish <laughs> bullshit act this yeah. whole thing this, this feigned outrage cbc ctv bbc cbs fox news nbc abc but this but this gym, this gym guy he, he must be a liberal yeah oh yeah he's a hardcore left-wing yeah. liberal yeah oh, I, I, so he always he's just always a douchebag to trump but you know what that's every president like the fox news guy is always going to be a douchebag to the democratic president yeah you know? of course no, I and just so, I just thought you meant they were making a big deal about it because maybe he was a right wing, but he's obviously not. No, no, hmm. but um, no, it's just it's such like there are so many things in this world that are actually kind of important. Not that I really want the politicians to do anything, but like, uh, it's just it's it's like. This is not even high school stuff. This is elementary school, like, you know, teacher, he bumped me. No, you know, it was incidental contact. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, yeah. it's just adults. These are adults. Serious people taken seriously by serious people. And mm. it's just ridiculous. So it's a clown in a circus. <laughs> so what ended up happening to this guy? Like, did the Secret Service come oh, and jump on this, him? Like, no, this is a bunch of... No, he eventually did kind of get asked to, you know, get out or whatever. And he had to give up his mic and he had his thing. But then, no, this is, like I said, this is a big deal. This happened earlier in the week and already they've gone to court over this. Oh, and wow. some judges, like, judge has ordered the U.S. president to give him back his press pass. Like, really? like that's something a judge can do. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, wow. Imagine that. Like, someone comes here and I'm like, <laughs> get off my lawn. And then the judge is like, you better let that sign back on your lawn. <laughs> <laughs> Can't the president kick you out of the White House? Yeah, really. You'd think so. Huh. And, like, I really, like, again, I want to make it clear. This is the dumbest thing ever that play, people are leading with. Like, CBC News at 11. And you're like, ooh, this is important. <laughs> grown man lightly brushes off grown woman with, you know, arm to elbow light contact. <laughs> they're they're doing. I'm not kidding. They're having these serious reports. They're zooming in on it. 
They're doing slow motions. They're debating on whether or not contact <laughs> even exists at all. I'm kidding you not. Every major news the whole week. Oh. It was, you know how tough it is to do my job on this show when I have to ignore that? I'm looking for actual stuff. And it's like, who cares? This is the dumbest thing ever. Okay, we spent enough time on that. Yes. Uh, yeah, well. yeah, so that's the big news. So oh, that's okay. why you come to this show, folks, because, like, I cut that right out. That you know, That's not going to make its way into our headline. No. I think it just did, buddy. <laughs> uh, yeah, it did. It did. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. What else you got for me? Um, this is from BBC. I'm kind of out of order tonight, folks. I dropped my papers. Uh oh. And I did. I have them in order, but you know what? I'm just going to go through yeah. an impromptu show. Fuck it. Um. So this is from BBC, and this is something that I'm going to start reading it because it sounds like a who cares article. Mm-hmm. There's something in this article that you're going to be shocked by, and I think some of our <laughs> listeners might be shocked by. Okay, right. this is this is the article's the headline: Thousands still watch TV in black and white. Okay. All right. I bet I won't even get through the first line of this article before you stop me. <clears throat> London has the most TV licenses for black and white set at one thousand seven hundred sixty-eight. <laughs> TV licenses. <laughs> <laughs> TV licenses. First line in the article before you stop me. Yes. Oh. And that hit me immediately because I did glance over this at first. Yeah. And then out of curiosity, I clicked on it and I just started reading it and my jaw dropped immediately. And I looked into this whole background of this thing. Yeah. Yes. The United Kingdom requires you to have a license to watch television. Well, I've heard multiple older people tell stories uh, from the UK in back in the '60s when they were when they were, they were like university students, and uh, it was a really difficult thing to get a phone line. You had to go through the government and get approved, and then wait for like technicians to come and install a phone line so you could have one. So, again, that that doesn't surprise me that they also have licenses for televisions. That's hilarious. Um, well, like this article is kind of funny. Um, and like I said, I'm not going to read any more of it, but it's actually, it seems like it's a first and then it turns into like a big shame article for all these young people they're saying are circumventing, uh, the rules and watching television, heaven forbid, without a license to do so. In color. In color, so just like your just like your telephone story there, um, this is still happening. Yeah, wow. So yeah, and they're all shaming people about these black licenses. Bureaucrats like I'm basically like this isn't a direct quote, but he's like I'm calling bullshit. You know, uh, there's not this many people because we don't check whether or not you have a black and white television or a color TV. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and so he's all like, these people, it's the same signal. How do we know? And it's, uh, this is not some small fee, dude. Like, okay, um, one pound is like $3 or something like that. That's not exact. All right. Okay, so Canadian dollars. Can you tell me in a guess how much a color TV licenses in the UK? For a year, you mean? One year. Oh, 150 pounds. Whoa! What? One hundred and fifty and a half pounds. That's really 
Yes. Holy shit. That's a lot of money. <laughs> that is a lot of money. <laughs> For a license to watch TV in your private home, and people pay this. Oh, my God. And they wonder insane. why people pay the 50 pounds for a black and white transmission. Yeah. And, you know, that the person who are ripping them off, like, that person, like, that to me is, like, he's all going, like, yeah, you know, uh, I'm so brilliant for, um, you know, getting away with this 100-pound cheaper license, you know? He's like the guy who thinks he's a rebel, but he's, like, only within the rules. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Are you so you're talking like cable television? Yeah, television. And here it is. Like, um, so, here's a quote from that bureaucrat. He says, Whether you watch EastEnders, Strictly, or Question Time in black and white on a 50 year old TV set or in color on a tablet, you need to be covered by a TV license. Wow. It covers tablets as well. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Listeners from the United Kingdom, don't pay for the license. <laughs> what are you doing? Come on. Now, how do they enforce well, that? Come now, on. I know, uh, Come on. Our, our show is definitely going to attract the kind of listener that isn't going to be paying that. <laughs> <laughs> how could they possibly enforce that? Like, Well. Did you research it at all? Like, come on. That, that's just no way. How? Well, they've done a lot of research. Like, it never actually says in this article about how many people do pay it. Mm -hmm. But they estimate, they're saying more than 26,000 young people, they did some sting. More than 26,000 young people were caught watching live TV on iPlayer <laughs> without a TV license last year. They're stinging people, man. Oh Twenty six thousand people. It doesn't say what <laughs> happened to them, but like you're watching, you're watching live TV on your iPlayer, which I'm assuming is like a Apple product or something. I don't know. I don't have Apple anything. I know what uh, I know what happened to those people. They're in the fucking gulag. Yeah. Oh yeah. Isn't that weird? United <laughs> Kingdom. United <laughs> Kingdom. And those are the guys who are always joining, you know, all the other Western countries and bombing people yeah. for freedom, right there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay, I have a little uh, I have a little mini assignment for you that I just thought of for next week. I want to know what other forms of media are controlled by licensing in the UK that we would also think are ridiculous, like radios, like internet. Do you need a license to access an internet connection? Well, buddy, I, I, wonder. I hate to do research before you ask me. I am a time traveler. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but I've done a little bit. It's not, it's not exactly about the UK thing, because okay. I was thinking, I thought to myself, who's dumb enough to pay something like this? So I looked it up around the world, and apparently the people of Chicago are also dumb. <laughs> and I'm a Chicago Cubs fan. Go Cubbies. But man, what is wrong with you people? They have an enter, what was, sorry, not entertainment, sorry, it's an amusement tax. That's what it's called, amusement tax. Right. They tax amusement, okay? What does that mean? And what it is, what it is, is um, it's a 9% tax on streaming content, such as Spotify, Netflix, Hulu, mm -hmm. um, and now um, PlayStation, like, uh, they have three things. They have a PlayStation store, and they have, like, a you know, um, a subscription service and things like that. And those are all going to be taxed. 
And um, this tax is applied to concerts as well, um, ticketed sporting events. Mm-hmm. Um, is it to cover like bootlegging? Is that is that what they justified it with? Or no, the justification is literally we want more money in the coffers for the city. <laughs> the city started um, this amusement tax to um, set off its ballooning debt, its deficit, and uh, the guy that's in there now, and he uh, he um, uh, just ex- he's been extending it to others sorts of amusement um, in order to like increase the amount of gold that's being <laughs> pilfered from the masses. I wonder, yeah. you know how, you know, how a, a, you know how a lot of places will, um, will televise like uh, city council and, and like local government stuff. Yep. <laughs> they should throw the entertainment tax on that channel. <laughs> make, <laughs> make the politicians pay too. Yeah, well... None that anyone watches that shit. No. No. Okay, um, uh, that's bizarre. Yeah, it... Uh, uh, it's just scary what people will, do, uh, will put up with, you know what I mean? Like a TV tax. Imagine, imagine like, getting a knock at your door and being, like, opening it up and there's a policeman there or a woman. I guess I have to say that these days. A police person. <laughs> police person. Police people. There you um, go. There we go. There's a policeman at your door, and he's like, uh, I have to talk to you about uh, one of your children. They've been up to no good. Uh-huh. Uh, they've, they've been kind of like, oh, this is very serious. I'm very afraid. My heart's pumping. Yep. And he's like, uh, we have reason to believe that your child has been accessing <laughs> television without a license. <laughs> Mm, scary times we live in. Scary, scary times. Yeah. Mm. Good stuff. But you know what? <laughs> you know what? Turn on American Idol or Survivor or whatever. These shows are still going. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Get glued to Big Brother reality television. Mm-hmm. Um, you know who Jamal Khashoggi is? Buddy, I don't know who anyone is. Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> Jamal Kashogi or Kashogi, I've heard it pronounced multiple ways on different reports. Um, I'm gonna say Kashogi because it's the easiest way to say it. Uh, he's some. All right. <laughs> yeah. Some I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call him K. Who gives a shit? <laughs> all right. Continue. Yeah. Well, he's this journalist um, from uh, uh, Saudi Arabia. And he's like the big news again all over the world because um, he had to enter self-imposed exile from Saudi Arabia in late 2017, around September. Okay. Because um, he's been criticizing the government there, including the uh, um, uh, Saudi Arabia's crown prince, uh, Mohammed bin Salman, and the country's king, Salman of Saudi Arabia. And so... Mohammed bin Salman is like the ne- has been proclaimed by the king to be the next guy in line, and um, he's been slowly kind of taking the reins of power and doing things. And so this Jamal Khashoggi character has been uh, speaking out against them and writing about him, and had to flee because he got some threats. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
so he uh, apparently, and I don't know why he would do this. This is like the weird part of the news is like he entered the Saudi Arabian consulate in Istanbul, Turkey on the 2nd of October um, and did not leave the building. Oh, okay. And so um, there was a bunch of uh, reports that uh, they had whacked this guy. They had mm -hmm. killed him, like Saudi Arabians. Yep. And at first, they denied it, they denied it. And um, uh, now, like over the past, the 2nd of October, um, Turkey has produced more evidence, and I guess the Western Island has gotten hand to this evidence, and it's really like interrupted Saudi Arabia's um, relationship with like the West, because they've kind of been like our dictators that we use to bomb other dictators that aren't our dictators. <laughs> yeah, we can impose <laughs> we can impose dictators that are our dictators. Correct. Yeah, that's what the West does. Um, so it's kind of led to like a bit of a a very public um, um, disagreement between the United States and like Donald Trump and the Saudi Arabians and stuff, which you don't usually see. And just out today, um, the CIA and the United States now officially blames the Saudi prince for the murder, saying that he ordered the hit. Okay. Has, yeah, he, so has the, it even been confirmed that he's dead? Um, well, since then, the Turks have been doing a, uh, investigation. He's just hiding and in the bathroom they, at the, at the building, isn't he? <laughs> well, I think they, uh, I think they found his body or something in the woods uh -huh. or, um, actually, I think it was on, uh, uh, some property that belonged to, like, the Saudi Arabian consulate or something. Oh, I see. It's a very strange story. There's been so, and they had uh, audio of the killing and stuff, and uh, I guess Canadian secret like service or whatever you would call it, or um, I forget what our our secret agency is called. CSIS. Uh, CSIS, yeah, yes, the Canadian Security Intelligence Service. Why the fuck I do I know is, that? Yeah, there you go. That's weird. Okay. Good man. <laughs> uh. uh I guess they've, like, gotten a hold of these tapes as well. I've listened to them, the CIA and everyone. But, uh... Someone... Wait, the United wait, 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 wait. Someone was, like, holding an audio recorder? At all times. All these all these consulates are bugged, man. Yeah, but... We do it. We no, bought no, no, every no, no. consulate I, I in Ottawa is bugged. Yeah, but they don't have video camera. They just have audio. No, they have audio, yeah. Okay. All right, I got you. And they can hear the struggle and stuff. And I guess they have the audio of the guy getting, uh... <laughs> Cut up and stuff. Uh, yeah. Cut up? What do you mean? Cut up. Cut up and dismembered and carried out of the consulate. Oh. That's, yeah. uh, that's pretty serious. Because apparently what happened is, like, uh, they pieced together from the audio and the people in there is that everyone who usually works at the consulate wasn't there that day. Ah, that's one of those. Yeah, this Kosogi character was scheduled to come in for... Uh, a piece of paperwork from the Saudi government regarding some, like, legal divorce or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so he goes in there, and everyone that's in there is, like, doing a job, but is actually, like, a Saudi, like, secret whatever their secret yeah. service people okay. are, secret agents. Hmm. And uh, so they whack the guy. 
And at first, after the audio came out, and Tur- the Turks were like, yo, we're going to release this to everyone else. Like, you did this. And they're like, no, no. And so first they admitted that he was, first they were saying, denying that he was dead. That, mm-hmm. And then they admitted that, yeah, he did die in the consulate after a fight broke out. That's what they said. Like, a, he died after a fight broke out. Oh, okay. What do you mean? Like, <laughs> that's random. Okay, so the guy goes in there for some mar- divorce certificate or something, and, yeah. like, a fight breaks out. How'd this happen? Mm. Interesting. Um, very interesting, yeah. And so, um, <clears throat> a few days after, like, things start coming out, and I'm guessing it was after, because obviously we're never going to know, but I'm assuming after the Turks gave the Western allies, the audio and all the evidence and stuff that they had, that's when they started putting pressure on the Saudis to allow Turks access to, like, um, the consul and stuff. So the Turkish investigators and the Saudi Arabian investigators kind of hand-in-hand went through the consulate and did their investigation. Saudi Arabians, you know, standing over their shoulder, like, seeing what they're looking at and stuff. Hmm. I imagine. And, um... Like, this is some spy versus spy stuff. Oh, yeah. It's usually not this brazen and sloppy. Hmm. And, um, so, this, uh, um, whole thing turns out, like, does it just start coming out more and more and more about, uh, um, being a rift between these countries? And like I said, it's just very very unusual for the CIA to blame the next in line of the Saudi throne for this murder. Just straight out officially come out and say Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. That's like saying, you know, um, Prince Charles, you know, ordered some hit on some guy and had him dismembered. And... Oh, yeah. Well, wasn't there a yeah. story like last year of um, some some high up dude got assassinated like uh there was like a poison that was like placed on his skin by some woman as she walked past i heard yeah yeah what was that That's, all um that was like uh near salisbury i believe oh, okay. in the north of uh england hmm. um and at first the British and everyone was all blaming the Russians, and it was some because these the it was a Russian double agent, British and Russian. He was a double agent working for both. Oh wow! Okay. Yep. And um, he uh, defected eventually to the British. Uh, recently, like I think in the 2012 or something like that. Yeah. And has been living in Britain since, mm-hmm. and. Uh, so they were all like immediately and i think they might even still be blaming the russians for it but a lot of strange things have come out because i guess near where this happened is a british um chemical weapons like storage facility and like manufacturing facility and stuff okay and uh um testing facility and things like this Mm -hmm. and they because it was some international incident, they sent it to someone for these, like, third-party testing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the testing company was like, no, this is, like, UK-made stuff. 
Oh. And that kind of threw a wrench for it. The Russians were like, ha, ha, there you go. Like, you're blaming us. And I, like I said, I'm pretty sure the official line on, uh, you know, Western news is that, oh, the dirty Russians did this. Of course. Um, but, and like the nether regions of the internet where these things come out, you know, like, uh, um, pretty much everyone believes it was the British and that this guy was still a Russian agent screwing the British and the British found out about it and whacked him. Oh, okay. Which I think is actually probably the more likely story. He's a Russian guy. Yeah. And I guess he was loyal to his home country, or maybe he was just a guy who went to the highest bidder. Hmm. But they tried to whack him, I guess, and I think he survived, actually. It was, unfortunately, his daughter got in the way, too, but... Oh. The spy versus spy stuff, things happen, but they both survived. I'm pretty sure they both survived. But Hmm. this happened again uh, within, like, the last six or seven months. Oh, Another okay. person, the same thing in the same kind of region of England. Same, almost a very similar story. A totally different person. Really? Yeah. Well, hmm. maybe it's these terror attacks because they've been, uh, you know, rocking the EU open borders thing for a long time over there. Yes, they have. It's a yeah. bit, of, bit of an issue. Yeah, they got a lot of uh, terror attacks and stuff. Hmm. But they don't call it terror attacks. Kind of like, kind of like Canada, our prime minister. Yeah. Here, just give me a second here, buddy. All right, continue. Um, speaking of Canada, let's talk about uh, the war we're participating in in Mali. Mali? Yeah, you obviously knew about this. Oh, uh, I follow. I follow uh, daily happenings in Mali. I just don't follow the rest of the world. Yeah. Well, Canadian troops have been in Mali, um, I believe, since June 2018. Okay. Why? Fighting fighting for freedom. Fighting who? Um, No, this is actually uh, uh, kind of brazen in a way. Um, Trudeau and the liberals have said that, like, yeah, we're going to send... Canadian military forces to Mali to participate in this United Nations mission uh, to kind of earn favor because we're going for a, a Security Council seat. Oh. We want other nations to elect us to a Security Council seat. We want to, you know, show that we're super UN. We love the UN, so we're going to send the troops to Mali. Send out the troops. Canada you know? do- doesn't already have a seat. No, there's, there's, um, the UN Security Council. I know there's, uh, multiple permanent members. I'm trying to remember who they are. I know one's the United States, one Shocker. is China, one is Russia. Yeah. Um, and they have permanent seats on the, uh, United uh, Nations Council. Um, I don't know if there's anyone else, but I know there's like elected seats on the uh, UN Security Council that come up every once in a while, and oh, okay. um, you know we're, they're they're coming up soon, and uh, we want our our piece of this action, of course. Mm-hmm. So you know we'll send in um, the uh, the military, and just like I said, like it's not like we're even like 
being like, you know, we need to fight for blah, blah, blah. No, we're literally saying, like, we're sending them because we want you guys to vote for us for this next council. Yeah. And um, it's uh, it's too much. It's um, So who, um, who are we fighting? I, I still don't get oh, it. Okay, so China, France, Russia, the United Kingdom, and the United States are the permanent members. Okay. Yeah. And they uh, they hold veto power and all this stuff. So uh, that's um, right now, and this is hilarious, I kid you not, the non-permanent members um, are elected members from different regions of the world. Listen to some of these on the Security Council. This is just funny. I just don't know why I have it open here. The Ivory Coast. Really? Really. Guinea. Equatorial Guinea. Come on. Ethiopia. South Africa. Kuwait. Kuwait. Kazakhstan. <laughs> Indonesia. Like some of these places are like, uh-huh. man, Bolivia, Dominican Republic, Sweden, Belgium, Italy, Netherlands, Germany, and Poland. Uh-huh. And I guess we're, I guess we're going for a seat, so. Wow. Yeah, who cares? Bunch of losers. People run. You know, that's that's something to you know send the Canadian men and women to uh, to war over right there. Or sorry, peacekeeping. Peacekeeping. Oh, I see. Peacekeeping. So not need fun. a lot of need a lot of guns and ammo for peacekeeping. So what? Like, what is the uh, the the civil uh, situation in Mali that that they would need? troops well um sorry i already put my article aside where are you by the way because last week you were in the shed (laughs) i don't think you're in the shed this time why do you not think that unless you unless you put an internet connection in in the shed oh no no i'm in the shed or what I like to call the studio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you meant you meant when you said while I have this open, you meant the article in front of you. Is that what you meant? Oh no! Like I, I have, um, I have some like printed sheets, and I like put them in order. Yeah. And like I had already tossed this one in the uh, oh, I see. pile. I see. Right. I, I had to, I had to collect it, and <laughs> find my spot in again. I see. Yeah. All right. Sorry, I, I messed I messed up your uh, train of thought there. Oh, uh, you just asked me what the situation in Mali right. is. Right. Yes. And uh, it's uh, it says the Mali mission is considered the most dangerous UN mission in the world. Twenty-two peacekeepers were killed this year alone. Really? So when I say like we shouldn't be sending people. Uh, and, uh, you know, hell, just for saying, oh, we want this security council seat, you know? Yeah. But, uh, sorry, there's a rebellion in Mali right now, and so that's that's what's oh, going okay. on. okay. So who, who, who's rebelling? They're, they're trying to overthrow the government or something? Uh, I'm assuming, yeah. There's, it doesn't go into much more detail than a rebellion would be exactly that. I think that's by definition, isn't it? I'm not sure, yes. but... Unless, yeah. unless Darth Vader is involved. 
Yeah. Then it gets serious. You know. Uh, instead of instead of complaining, why don't you just follow the laws of the empire? Exactly. Uh, but that's uh, I don't know. That kind of stuff kind of angers me because when you when you question this, you know, there's always gonna be a person that's gonna be like, "You better support our troops." And it's like I do, which is why I don't want to just randomly throw them into harm's way for stupid shit. Exactly. We should probably keep them for actually important uh, things. Is, isn't a rebellion basically a domestic issue? You would think so. Like a civil war, like it has nothing to do with Canadians. Yeah. You know, like I, I, I'm sorry, Molinese people, but it has nothing to do with us. It's your problem. You fight it out. Because hmm. all this does is it's this intervention, it just makes this civil war last forever. You know, instead of being over a few years, these things can last decades in some of these parts of the world. They go on forever. Um, now, who else? Obviously, it's not just Canadian peacekeepers. Did you already say who else is there as as peacekeeping mission? Um, no, I didn't. But it, it there is, like, we're part of uh, multiple countries because, you know, like it says, 22 peacekeepers died this year alone and 177 have been killed since the mission began in 2013 wow that is a you high know, toll holy shit um for a peacekeeping Canada, mission like those have don't don't peacekeeping missions usually have the reputation of being just like randomly walking around with guns and nothing much happens yeah exactly they really do so that's the impression that i've had anyway um you know it's like I, it's just tough. Like, I feel for these people over there. It's, but it has nothing to do with us, you know? Yeah. I guess they say 15,500 peacekeepers are there, of which 250 are Canadian. So we're not a huge force, but... Yeah. Eight helicopters and 250 military members uh, from now, Canada. Now, the important question is, uh, does our base in Mali have a Tim Hortons? <laughs> I trust that. No, you No, but I bet it has drones. <laughs> it I bet does. it's got drones. <laughs> maybe we can maybe we can put the coffee on the drones and send them over. <laughs> That'd be a better use of them, man. There you go. Um. So, uh, from war to uh, more news, Canadian news, no sad Canadian news. Okay. Um, indigenous women coerced into sterilizations across Canada. According to a senator who investigated this thing. Um, what does that mean? Well, uh, it's funny that the like Children's Aid Society and Children's Aid workers and stuff are like... Um, coercing these women into getting, like, abortions and being sterilized. Really? Yeah, and, uh, you know, reports started from, like, 40 year years ago all the way up to today. Wow. And uh, still happening in, like, Saskatoon, um, Winnipeg. So there's a few provinces involved. There's a couple... Um, Saskatchewan, Ontario, Manitoba, 
Alberta and the territories is where they're still getting reports of this happening. Hmm. These government workers, like, basically telling people that, you know, um, they're poor, they can't afford the kid, or all this stuff, and, you know. They're not actually, them. they're not actually forcing them, though, are they? They're just suggesting well, it? Yeah, I guess. Hmm. I, I guess, in the sense that, like, are they dragging these people? No, but they're kind of, like, saying things like, um, you know, like, this one woman talks about how they told her that um, she has to have an abortion because they're going to take the baby from her anyways. And they're going to... Um, Oh, the story's just filled with all these horrible stories mm-hmm. of these uh, government bureaucrats, like, overstepping, to say the least, their uh, their role here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, people don't understand, like, Canada has a very long history of, like, sterilization and eugenics that we don't talk about, a part of our dark past that we don't talk about. Um, yeah, I didn't know that. Know, we used to sterilize uh, the mentally ill. Really? Yeah. And uh, Alberta, it uh, happened, um, you know, right up until, like, I'm pretty sure the 1970s. Hmm. Up to 5,000 people across Canada who are mentally ill were uh, sterilized so that they wouldn't reproduce. That must have been going on all over the world, though, wouldn't you think? Yes. Yeah. Yes. But a lot of it kind of went out of fashion in World War II for obvious reasons. Yeah. Eugenics was a huge thing, hmm. you know, and I want to support, want to point out that it was the uh, progressives that were all about the eugenics. Um, Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, she was uh, obsessed with eugenics, and that's why she set up the whole um, Planned Parenthood program. Mm-hmm. Was uh, you? She was a eugenicist. It oh. was uh, the most fashionable science of the day. Yeah. was, uh, you know, kind of like this idea of um, eliminating undesirable elements of the human race to, con- to create some sort of, like, better future human. Mm-hmm. Very creepy. Very creepy. Still going on, I think. Just uh, more subtle. I think it's a lot more subtle. Yeah. But I think people are starting to figure it out. And I think it's, uh, you know, a lot of these articles are not comfortable to talk about. But there are things that don't get talked about enough, and that's what this show is all about. But you all know what also doesn't show up, get talked about enough? What's up? Periods, buddy. Periods? Women's periods. Ooh. Women's periods. Okay. Mm-hmm. Our next article. <laughs> I lighten the mood a little bit. <laughs> Swedes debate period-proofed workplaces. BBC News. Period-proofed workplaces? Yes. The fuck does that mean? A period-proofed workplace receives a certificate from Sweden's Gender Equality Agency. Um, what you do is you supply toilets, sanitary bins, hand-washing facilities... And menstruation hygiene products, tampons and maxi pads, okay. um, 
to be available in all working environments, including for professionals outside of a traditional office space, like construction workers, bus drivers, plumbers, and other tradespeople. Bus drivers? Um, <laughs> bus drivers, yeah. So, like, I guess what they're saying is they want a toilet on the bus? Yeah, I, I don't know what they they're want saying. A, they need a toilet, a tampon dispenser on the bus, sanitary bins, and hand-washing facilities all on a bus. That's what it says. I'm reading it. Huh. The Gender Equality Agency. Wow. <laughs> and you get a certificate for doing all that. Wow. Can you imagine that? Oh, yeah. Some government agency, like, I guess they're not forcing people to do this, but, like, imagine owning a business and putting up a certificate on the wall for all to see from the Gender <laughs> Equality Agency of Canada. I know this is from Sweden, but we, let's, you know, everything in Europe is awesome. People tell me that all the time, so, you know, what, let's do everything Europe does because they're great. And then, you know, us North Americans in the West here, we suck. You know, Sweden's better than us, so let's have a gender equality of agency. Mm -hmm. You can put up a sign right on that business wall that says, this is a period-proofed workplace. <laughs> Do they actually use that term? Do, yes. Is there no new age uh, progressive term for period? That's part of it. Deeper down in the article, no, they don't want to... They want to bring out the word and the whole menstruation out in the open, buddy. Mm. You know, you, you bigot. <laughs> You're obviously not the owner of a period-proof workplace. I, I am not, no. Actually, and I'm not, um, you know, I guess if you had an all-male workplace, it would be period-proof, wouldn't it? Uh, I would have to agree with that. Yes. <laughs> the yes. Femi feminists aren't going to like that solution. I want uh, I want my certificate. If I was in Sweden, yeah, if Male I was only. in Sweden, yeah. I would be like, hey, uh, uh, gender equality agency, I just fired all the women I, <laughs> I, I had employed and hired men to replace them. Can I get my period-proofed workplace certificate? <laughs> I'm, keeping, you know, before I'm, I'm keeping that shit out of the building. Yes, and I'd make sure that I would thank them. I'd be like, before you guys rose awareness about this, before the government stepped in, I employed plenty of women and had no problem before. <laughs> then you told me that I have to be alarmed about this thing called menstruation? Mm-hmm. What? And I looked it up on the internet, and I was like, what the fuck? So I fired all the women immediately. Yes. Thank you, Gender Equality Agency, for saving my business from period. <laughs> What's that guy? Where do I, where do I donate? <laughs> where do I donate? Isn't there, a, isn't there one of the random guys on the Jackass movies who just goes off? Or he's like, uh, he only fears two things in life, like mustard and period blood. Do you remember that guy? Yes, yes. I, I forget which guy it is, but I do remember that from like one of the first movies or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's funny, man. That's uh, funny. Period proof your workplace. You heard it here for, first, folks. Um, and you know what? We're, we're going to start talking about proofing things to save humanity. Okay. I, uh, I think it's important to spend a minute. Um, here's the article. 
school bans designer coats to stop, quote, poverty shaming. Uh-huh. Pupils whose parents cannot afford luxury bands feel stigmatized, left out, inadequate, says head teacher. So the school has gone ahead and banned uh, certain brands of coats because not all the students can afford them to stop what they call poverty shaming. Oh, wow. And, and That's a bit of a slippery slope, wouldn't you say? This goes two things. First of all, it's stupid. You know, I grew up as a poor kid, and I didn't have, like, the newest, coolest brands. And you know what? I survived. I was fine. Exactly. This this idea is silly. This is just all about raising soft people. But the second thing is, is Donald Trump has been, you know, imposing tariffs on Canada and stuff. And a lot of Canadian nationalists and Canadians are getting really nationalistic and saying, like, don't buy American, buy Canada first. Trump sucks, tariff, blah, blah, blah. He's banning this, he's banning that, he's evil. Yeah. Uh, well, one of these designs that has been banned is Canada Goose Coats. Huh. Yeah, the fame, the fame Canada Goose Coat. It's a it's a luxury Canada Goose Coat, the kind of famous all over the world. Oh, I didn't I'm even know that. I'm too poor to afford one. I don't I'm think I've ever heard of one. one. Yeah, they're a famous Canadian brand. Okay. I'm too poor to afford one, but they're like a they're like a super duper grade parka jacket, basically. And for some reason, they kind of became a trend and shot up in price. Like they just look like a big parka winter coat that us us Canadians like to wear, you know, this time of year. Okay. Well, not maybe this time of year, but getting pretty close. Mm-hmm. So that's one of it. So you know what? Ban UK. Screw you, UK. That's our stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and my mainstream media says that when someone bans our stuff, whether or not I've ever purchased it, and I haven't, I don't own stock of this company, and you didn't even know it existed. <laughs> but you know what? My my Canadian nationalism is all all up right now. I am angry. Screw you, UK. Yep. Mm-hmm. How dare you? Mm-hmm. And just ban be- our. Just jacket. Be- just because of that, I am not going to buy a Rolls Royce. Yeah, I'm sticking it to them. I'm banning. I'm banning Rolls Royces in my house. Yep, not in this place. No way. Boycott. <laughs> I'm calling a good old fashioned boycott. We're bringing them down. <laughs> yep. Eat it, Rolls Royce. <laughs> Eat it. You just lost potential customer, my friends. That's right. Two. It's a trade war. Yep. You ban our Canada Goose Parkas, we're going to ban your Rolls Royce, son. How do you like that? Mm-hmm. And I want to encourage any Canadians who listen to this show to also not purchase Rolls Royces, as we are now declaring a boycott on uh, UK goods in general. And especially, I don't know why I picked Rolls Royces, but I did. And uh, and I'm serious. I'm serious, folks. Absolutely. Yeah, like us Canadians, you know, when when you ban one product that we manufacture, you ban all products we manufacture. Solidarity. Now hold on here. I years ago, you told me that Carling beer, which is our like it's a, like a shitty beer in Canada, but yeah. it's like the number one selling beer in the UK. Is that true? Uh, well, or it's one of them. Uh, it's one of them anyway. That's what you, you told me that, and I'm thinking, 
Maybe we should stop sending them our fucking beer. Yeah. yeah. No more curling. Yeah. No fuckers. more curling. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, I'm I'm glad we got that uh, got that out the, into the universe. So. Uh, yeah. Uh, hey, we only talk about the important stuff. Um, speaking right. of important stuff, um, you know we've uh, we've been sitting here for a little bit of while. Uh, the more uh, respectable elements have all cleared out of the room, and just the real shady-looking characters like us are left. I think it's time to reach up onto the top shelf <laughs> and get the good stuff down. All right, let's do it. Take a sit. The kind of stuff you only talk about in hushed tones. Let's do this. Okay. Um, and I hate to keep talking about this over and over and over again. UFOs, dude. Yes. Let's talk about UFOs. UFOs spotted off Irish coast under investigation. Nice. This week. This is this week. Wow. Okay. Go on. Um, so, it began at 6.47 local time on Friday the 9th of November. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it's just coming out this week. But uh, a British Airways pilot contacted the city of Shannon Air Traffic Control. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wanted to know if there were military exercises in the area because there was something moving so fast. The air traffic controller said there was no such exercises. The pilot, flying from the Canadian city of Montreal, oh. or as we say, Montreal, to Heathrow, said there was, quote, very bright light, and the object had come up along the left side of the aircraft before it rapidly veered to the north. Mm. She was wondering what it could be, but said it did not seem to be heading for a collision. That's when another pilot from a Virgin Airlines plane joined in on the conversation. Really? That he had seen something. Multiple objects. He's seen multiple objects following the same sort of trajectory. Uh They were very bright. He said he saw two bright lights. Over wi- over the right of him, and which they climbed away at high speed away from him. Dude, that's fucking weather balloons, man. Come but on. the one pilot said it was astronomical how fast they turned. It was like Mach two, which is twice the speed of sound. Mm. Huh. Nothing to see here, folks. <laughs> you know, like pilots, they know what another plane looks like. People be like, oh, it's just, you know, military aircraft that, uh, you know, are classified. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You know, like a pilot, this guy, there's nothing up there. He sees clouds all day long. Mm-hmm. He sees this. And he's a pilot who's trained to fly planes. He's like, that's not a plane. This is weird. So weird, I'm going to call it in. And some other guy's like, yeah, I saw that too. Oh, I guess the first pilot was a woman. Mm. But, um, wow. Huh. That's awesome. Very, that's, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, it is. I like that. It is pretty. 
Yeah. Very, very strange. Um, again, I don't know what to say about these uh, UFOs, but uh, um, they do have an official story for this. The oh. official story says... Meteor or another object making some kind of re-entry that appears to be multiple objects following the same sort of trajectory. <laughs> so <laughs> That is capable about, of, of turning very quickly. Okay, so meteor or another object. Could alien spacecraft follow under another object? <laughs> <laughs> and what does appear to be in the same trajectory? Yeah, that's kind of a dig at the pilot. That was like, yeah, they were following the same trajectory and sped off together. They're like, oh, they only appeared so to people who are stupid. Mm. Like, what do you mean they only appeared? Like the guy said he saw it plain as day. Multiple people, yeah. multiple pilots said they saw this, but no, I guess it only appeared some sort of optical illusion. Mm. Again, nothing to see here. Smoke and mirrors, optical illusion, folks. <laughs> now, how did this story leak out to the press? Was it leaked or? Or is it just transparency that allows us to even hear about this story? Uh, I I don't know. It uh, I saw it um, um, on shoot. I don't think I. Oh, I got off one of the new sites. I didn't. It actually didn't print the part that says what site it is. But by the looks of it, it looks like a BBC. I got it off of. Okay. And when I got it, the story was only about an hour old. Nice. And it it kind of took off, um, you know. I, it was it's kind of one of those things that appear on multiple sites. Like it was on global news too, because yeah. you know it mentions Montreal and Canadians are like that. Like I swear we have algorithms at big government facilities that like scan everywhere, all speech and all text being distributed by media around the world. And when it mentions anything in Canada, it makes our news. Nice. We're that lame. <laughs> all our lives, you'll remember this, like they'll be like on TV news, they'll be all like American television series, Law and Order mentioned Saskatchewan and they'll actually do a story piece on it. Yeah, that's true. Yes, with yeah. the clip from the TV show of like one of the actors being like Saskatchewan and that just clips out. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Good old Canada. <laughs> you, got, um, you got any more UFO stories? That was great. Yeah, any more UFO stories? Well, if you keep uh, talk, if you keep talking about UFOs on this show, I'm gonna have to change the name to uh, Coast to Coast because you can you can hear it on either side of Lake Erie. This show. Oh, nice. That that was a really lame joke. Yeah, I I uh, super lame. I know what you mean. You mean the coast of Lake Erie to the coast of Lake yeah. Erie. Yeah, coast yeah. to coast. You get it? I get it. <laughs> no one else does. No one else would get that. Yeah. Um, I love coast to coast. Is that show still I, on? That show's still on. I haven't listened to it in a long time. Now, one of the but, two guys yeah. died, though. Was it Art yeah. Bell? Yeah. Art, Art Bell. Bell. Rest yeah. in peace, Art Bell. Yeah. One of the best radio voices ever. He was. For people listening... Uh, YouTube or download some Art Bell. Mm -hmm. Like, it, his conversations are actually great to this day. 
Because that's kind of like his whole interview style was him just shooting the shit with someone. Like he didn't really even ask questions unless they were kind of popped up relevant. Like yeah. the guy would be talking, he'd be like, oh, wait a second, like explain this. Like, mm-hmm. and, um, no, uh, like I said, man, it must have been a slow news week because we had UFO stories kind of hitting mainstream. We had period blood. Uh, <laughs> Face bases. We had actual blood with the beheading of Kishtoki. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? That's uh, that's not the slowest news week ever. No, I think we did a decent job. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I'm happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, is there anything on the horizon for this coming week that I should know about that I'm not going to pay attention to? You know what? Um, I uh, I put you on the spot. Yeah, uh, yeah, you did. Um, you know, U.S. politics—they're going to be kind of getting things interesting because the Democrats have the House now, so they can start causing some shit. Yeah, I want—I wanted to ask you actually an update on the the blue wave, as they called it, which you said was total bullshit. And uh, well. Uh, what, what's the actual consequences of that? Well, it, it's great. It doesn't take long for these politicians to pull knives out for each other, though. So mm-hmm. the Democrats right now have kind of entered a customary period of infighting where they've just taken the power in the House. So now they, uh, when this Congress sits for another session, they have to elect the House Speaker, the Speaker of the House. Mm-hmm. So now Democrats are kind of fighting each other over who's going to be the, you know, the Democrat to like become the Speaker of the House, become this important celebrity that gets interviewed all the time. Oh, okay. Uh, the mainstream Democrats uh, want Nancy Pelosi, who's a thousand years old, one of the annoying, most annoying people. One of these people where it's kind of like. You know how your left-wing friends all know that John McCain sucks and was really old and, like, was there for a million years and should just get, shouldn't get elected anymore? Yeah. Nancy Pelosi is the Democrats, one of the Democrats, John McCain. Just oh. that sort of character. Like, you're a million years old. Uh, you've been there for a million years. She's a senator from California. She's a, or a congresswoman from California. She's absolutely batshit crazy. <laughs> She's like... The stuff she says is just insane. Mm-hmm. Um, so the uh, Democratic Socialists, which is like the caucus within the Democratic Party, kind of a group of uh, generally younger people, but Bernie Sanders was a member of them, or a supporter anyways, I think he's a member. Mm-hmm. And uh, they want to kind of bring in like, you know, NDPs, for Canadian listeners, New Democratic Party, the NDP uh, style democratic socialism into the United States. Oh. And so um, it's funny, as they were going for election, you know, all these uh, Democrats were basically shoulder and shoulder, hand in hand, praising these democratic socialist, democratic uh, nominees or whatever, running for. Congress, they were all like supporting them like they were the next Hollywood superstars and talking about how cool they were. And um, now that they're in power, uh, the Democratic Socialists are just totally being ignored by the mainstream Democrats. They just want to continue like 
being douchebags. That's how uh, the gangs work, folks. You young kids, you always fall for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. These people, they're all douches. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but what I'm saying is over the coming weeks, to get back to your original question, over the coming weeks with all the knives coming out and all the you know backstabbing, infighting, I'm sure there's going to be some good stories. Okay. Yeah, it's because the Democrats are already, like, you know, spilling dirt on each other to try to bad, you know, get their reputation destroyed in the media so that they can uh, kind of ruin their opponent. And, mm. Yeah, so it's good stuff. I always enjoy that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, oh, uh, Calgary, uh, uh, thank you, City of Calgary voters. And okay. I don't thank voters very often. No, you don't. I would like to extend, uh, as an Ontarian, I would like to thank the municipal voters in the last their election in Calgary, that recent little vote they had on whether or not they should bid for the 2026 or something like that Olympic Games. Oh, no. Thank you for voting no. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Let some other country pay for that did you say calgary Didn't yeah it, calgary calgary had the olympics in like what 88 yeah something like that yeah how the fuck would they want to have another olymp like how would that have come up as a as a voting thing because these people are insane that is ins that is that insane that's... It is. In Canada as a whole, we just had the Vancouver Olympics in 2010. I understand that's eight years ago. But, like, these things, all they are are just huge, bullshit, elitist, New World Order parties that cost taxpayers billions of dollars. Yeah. And all this infrastructure that they build, these state-of-the-art facilities... For the most part, they all go to shit yep. after the Olympics leaves. Mm -hmm. It's some big, huge, international, multinational jerk-off. <laughs> yes. Everyone just, it's brutal. It's some one big, uh, and it's funny because, you know, you talk to people and they're all like, you know, we got to get corporations out of this and we got to, you know too much money going here and you know blah 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 and then in the very next day they're like yes we need to spend 10 billion dollars on an olympics it's a party someone's going to throw the party every four years or whatever so every two years someone's throwing the party yeah but someone else wasted their money yep brazil and to talk about how horrible these things are like these are not good events brazil had their summer olympics and their world cup in the in the same year four years ago i think of 2014 really and they're like a uh, a second world country, which means parts of it's like like first world, like we are here in Canada, and parts of it are literally people living in sheds and mud, dirt shitholes mm -hmm. in this country. They literally took these poor people and these decrepit, homemade out of fucking wooden skids, and they bulldozed the shit out of all these people in their little homemade huts really? to build places to put this stupid-ass, concrete, gigantic soccer fields and and swimming pools and all this other crap. All this infrastructure that the people... And you're talking about your government doing good work for you? Yeah, there you go. That's what the government does for you. 
bulldozes the most vulnerable and puts up shit. And you know what happened in the Vancouver Olympics? No. Same damn thing. Really? Yeah, they were bulldozing tent cities and shit to put up stuff. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Everyone does. It happens everywhere there's an Olympics. Everywhere there's a World Cup, a FIFA World Cup, or um, some big uh, Indianapolis, or not Indianapolis, but like, the F1, uh, F1 car yeah. racing. Uh, every time they have their big event, their big World Cup, there's always like bulldozing the homeless. And, like, <laughs> man, so basically what I'm saying is the, peop- the, the homeless of Calgary are like, whew. <laughs> Wait, dodge is, that are there homeless people in Calgary good lord they should move to Victoria <laughs> fuck <laughs> yeah. I always thought about that where they're like the homeless issue in Winnipeg I'm like oh shit man like you oh. gotta hop on a CP rail line and ride the rails or whatever they used to do back in the division <laughs> you gotta ride the rail up down to Florida what the hell are you doing man? seriously if you're homeless what seriously. the hell are you doing get out of there Get out of Dodge. Mm-hmm. Hit me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So that's good. That's good news. Like a, that's, that's something that you leaves a warm feeling in yeah. your gut. Yeah. Well, let's let's end the show on a positive note. Let's. Let's just, just say no to the Olympics. Just say no to the Olympics. There you go. All right. Well, uh, I'm glad that uh, you paid attention to the news because uh, I did not. So that was good. That's good stuff. Let's do that, do that again next week. Yeah, next week. All like right. clock. All right. <laughs> Sounds good, buddy. All right. Goodbye. Yep. See ya. See ya. Peace. Peace.